Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. Uh, this podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco, and my partner Hari. Uh, this is episode thirty-six. We're talk. We're 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 continuing on our conversation in doing a deep dive into the company called into a company called Skechers. Uh, in the previous episode, we talked about the business aspect of Skechers. Again, we're following Value Investor checklist. Um, if you don't have it, please do email us at info at valueinvestor.org. In this episode, we're going to talk about Skechers financials, its management, and its valuation. These are the last three chunks in the value investor checklist. So we'll go down the checklist today. So let's do a quick um, deep dive into financials. Yeah. So when you know when we talk about this, I I, I I'm not gonna. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time reviewing. Um, detailed you know financials i think the the main thing that we need to kind of look at is is are the financials going to derail the company right and you know so does they have do they have enough cash on hand so sketchers is a four billion dollar company um in terms of uh revenue yep. you know 4.5 billion or so for the last trailing 12 months and they have about 900 million in cash 950 million so they've built up a huge cash balance over that that period of time um, and when you think about that, that should be, you know, they're a $3 billion company, you know, roughly. So they have a huge cash, you know, um, you know, balance at this point. Um, three billion in market cap? Or? Yeah, three, three and a half billion or so, you know, uh, 150 million shares times $25, mm. you know, so uh, three and a half billion, something like that. Yeah. So 950 million is a fairly sizable war chest, right? Um and they have no almost no debt, like seventy five million in debt. Um, yeah. So I, I think they have enough money to actually be shareholder friendly with that, which they've started to do a share buyback. Um, but I, I think they could be more aggressive with that share buyback. But regardless, maintaining reasonable debt levels, I'm not concerned about you know debt you know derailing their ability to continue to grow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but so then it really comes down to: do they generate? good cash you know good cash flow so we talked a little bit about this in the last episode um that if you look at their free cash flow the way we're interpreting this is about if you 2018 or 2017 was a little bit of an anomaly in the Mm -hmm. way that you look at it so if we look at it over a longer period of time i'm estimating about 350 to 375 million dollars in cash flow from operations and uh we had talked about 50 million in maintenance capex right we want to take out so to get our free cash flow number we want to use maintenance capex not growth capex so i'm i'm going to call it 70 million just because um it's hard to tell you know what is maintenance and what is growth um you know they spend about 100 to 120 million in capital expenditure so we'll say 50 million of that is growth and 70 million is maintenance yeah. just to be more conservative in our numbering. Can I just add one note there? Yeah. You said 70 million. He's, you know, Hari's saying it's a conservative measure because the management talks about in, in, uh, in 2017, 10, 10K, they say 40 to 45 to 50 million is a, is a maintenance cap, capital expenditure. So Hari's overshooting and saying 70, 70 million. So good. <clears throat> so if we t- do that, we have about, 270 to 290 million in free cash flow. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with um, 
270 for our calculations um, when we do our valuation. So, you know, r roughly, you know, so what does that translate into? So we'll do the valuation here in a second, but um, let's let's remember that kind of number about 270 to 290 is where where we're aiming at in free cash flow yeah. for. And notice I'm not giving you a definite number because I can't give you a definite number because I don't know exactly what maintenance capex is exactly. and and cash flow from operations is kind of yearly affected by you know they were paying uh you know tax rates and th you know things like that that were exactly one off so yeah i want to say one thing before we move on um harry you know harry mentioned in 2017 number was a little bit off so he's if you look at if you look at the financial statements if you look at cash flow um you know the the net cash flow from operation it was at 350 360 in 2016 and it drops to 100 150 something and in 2015 it was 200 something so it was steadily climbing from 230 to 350 and you're you know projecting you know you know a number that's higher than 350 but if you look at 2017 number it, it goes down and that's because that's one off that Harry's talking about that's the tax uh that 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 they've been hit with um so you gotta <coughs> uh, take those so into account yeah so also to to be clear on that one is they had because of the timing of inventory uh shipments they had a much higher outflow uh spend on I inventory in 2017 that lowered that cash flow number so if you kind of normalize those numbers that's what we're doing here yeah which is why when you know i see a lot of people do this and it you know just to stand on my soapbox for a minute when you use numbers like this from directly from websites and things like that they are not normalized they are just what is reported and they don't there's no story behind it that's why you use the annual report numbers because then you can kind of say oh it was down this year for one-time reasons and it was up this year for one-time reasons so let's normalize it to what it would be over a longer period of time maybe yep. you average it you, you know so depending on the scenario so yep exactly all right uh Let's yeah. move on to so that that was the financial aspect of it, and we talked about the strong uh, free cash flow levels. Yep. So should we move? So again, we talked about the debt level as well here, saying that you know Skechers has pretty 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 controllable amount of debt at this point. When you talk about the cash balance they have of excess capital of nine hundred fifty million, that's you know, yep. it's quite a bit compared to the debt level of you know two digit millions. Right. Um, okay. Let's move on to the management side of things. Um, Unless you have anything to add in the financials. No. Um, yeah, I think we let's move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the valuation at the end of the checklist, but in, in, the, in, the, in the interim, we'll talk about the management. So management is quite interesting, this company. Um, you want to talk a little bit about, a little bit about that? Yeah, so the owner, uh, or CEO, I shouldn't say owner, uh, CEO and chairman was uh, Robert Greenberg. He founded the company... Um, so he, you may not remember this company, um, but he was the founder of a company called LA Gear. So they made shoes that were more stylish um, in the you know early '90s, and I believe he sold it and then started Skechers. Um, and so Skechers, he owns um, Class B shares. So Class B shares are different from the Class A shares in that Class B shares have ten times the voting rights. Um, and so his uh, he owns more than 10% of the shares outstanding, but because of the uh, voting power that he has gotten, he owns about 42% <clears throat> of the of the voting rights. And then a, another board member who is a uh, who actually controls some of the trusts that um, 
his wife and he have um, has another 20 percent. So together he has more than 50 percent of the voting rights of the company. So effectively what he says goes. Now, um, some people see that as a, you know, as a problem, as a risk, yeah. as a risk. And I mean, there is certainly a risk that he could, you know, do something that is not shareholder friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, the way I also look at it is even though he has more voting control in the company, it, anything that he does that harms the company also harms himself, right. In some ways, um, that it would lower the share price. So, um, you know, for him, it, it, it does make sense to, um, you know, to do the, do shareholder friendly things. And I think the incentives are probably aligned, yeah. uh, for the most part, you know, with, um, with his, uh, um, with the, you know, with his yeah. ownership structure. So to, to that, you know, I asked this question, has the management handled excess capital and share shareholder friendly way? So that, that is where I think that, you know, this is not as good as I would like it to be. They've authorized a $150 million share buyback last year, last year as yeah. of, and they bought 2 million shares yeah. um, back so far, um, which is good. That's definitely a, a good start. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would, you know, with 950 million in cash, some of, a lot of it is overseas, so it makes it a little more difficult mm. to just, you know, repatriate it <clears throat> to buy back shares. <clears throat> I would like to see them do more, right? I, you know, if they could do a four or five hundred million dollar buyback right now, when you know, if if the stock price is low, which we'll talk about in the valuation section, I think that would be a bigger boost to earnings than, um. You know than any other use of their their uh, capital right now. Mm. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, because their dividend payments are they don't pay dividends, uh, which is is fine. I mean, I think that's a growing company. They 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 should be reinvesting in the business. Uh, but opportunistically, I would like to see them buy back shares. Not when the price was high at forty dollars a share, but you know, in the tw- low twenties where it's been the last few months. I think it's it's a it's you know warranted to buy back shares. Yeah. So. Obviously, you know, there's there's that that growing capex that they're putting their cash towards, but this excess capital after that, you know, you have nine hundred something, fifty million in 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 the book. So you you know, shareholder friendly way of managing capital, buyback, investing in the capital, investing in the business, and there's excess capital going at go going at and and buying uh, doing the buyback um, is a is an, is a way that. Uh, management can um, handle money in a shareholder-friendly way. Yeah. Um, Okay. um, So last question, is the management open and honest? Yeah, so, you know, if you read their transcripts, I don't see any issues about them sugarcoating things. They're pretty, you know, reasonable about what they say. You know, I think some people have had issues with them saying, like, look, I, I want them to invest uh, or they were there's they said at the beginning of 2018 you know uh that they were going to operating margins were going to increase they also said that they were going to continue to invest in the company as long as they saw growth and that's what they did so some people interpreted that as well you said that the operating margins were going to go up and they didn't i don't see it that way um so i i don't see that there's any problems with them being honest they are you know seem to be fairly straightforward and you know what they say mm-hmm. um and they do what they say they're going to do so i i haven't had any issues reading their transcripts um 
Now, this is coming from their COO who does the conference calls. So their CEO is usually not present on the conference calls. Interesting. I see. Should we, let's move on to the valuation side of things. Yeah. We talked about the financials. We talked about the management. Now we arrive at this question. Is this company fairly valued? Yeah. So I think, remember, when we want to, before we even do that step, let's make sure that we can now that we've done this, can we actually estimate their fat cash flows sure. into the future? Yep. Right. Um, I think this is a simple business. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, there's obviously some complexity to what they're doing, but they're selling shoes. I can understand the shoe market. Pe everybody has feet. They need shoes. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, that it's not going to disappear. Yeah. Right? I feel like this is a very Warren Buffett like play. Yeah. So they're they're doing a lot uh, internationally that I think is very interesting, and they have a large population area that they can target, which is Southeast Asia, India, uh, and they're conver conservatively financed, right? So debt isn't going to ruin their cash flow over a long period of time. So I think the answer is yes, we can uh, you can estimate cash flows into the future. So now we, I, I would say we can do a valuation. Sure, yeah. Um, so let's... Uh, Let's start with um, the uh, so the assumptions. Yeah, the assumptions that we're going to go with here are, you know, I I started with uh, two hundred and seventy million as the cash flow. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. In the now the company has been growing at about seventeen percent a year for the last five years. The top line. The top line. Yep. Right. I am not saying that that's going to be going into the future. So I'm going to say that it's going to be more like ten to twelve percent. Okay. So at a 10 to 12% growth rate, right? You, and look, you, you see me using estimates, right, for everything. The 270 number is a conservative estimate. The growth rate of 10% is an estimate, right? If I use that number of, let's start with 12%, I get about a valuation of $40, 40, $40 a share. With a discount rate. With a discount rate of 10%, yeah. which I never change the discount rate. So I don't... People use that to account for risk and blah, 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 blah. No, I, I'm 10% is my number. I use that number because I think that is the reasonably safest uh, return I can get, which is the S&P 500 plus dividends from the S&P 500 is 10%. So that is my safest investment. Now, Buffett would probably say, well, why would I invest in the S&P 500 when I can put more money in my next best investment? So his, his discount rate may be 15%. Yeah, or um, So... Uh, so I, I, I tend to stick with 10%. It's yeah. an easy number, and it's actually, uh, you know, I, I, I fix that. Um, so those are those are the assumptions that you're laying out. Correct. Yep. So $40, million, $40 a share, um, if, if we assume a 12% growth rate and about $35 a share, if we assume a 8% uh, growth rate. Interesting. And if we take the, if we take into account that they have all this excess cash that, could be returned to investors in some way. Um, you know that number can go up to about forty three dollars a share. So, so what I'm saying is, um, you know, safely it, this is around a thirty five to you know forty dollars a share without using cash. You know, if they if they just hoard the cash forever, forty three dollars if they if they do that. Yeah. So, um, so that means that that's the intrinsic value that I'm assigning to mm -hmm. it, but. The margin of safety, the price below which I would be willing to pay, is probably around twenty-two dollars. Let's uh, twenty dollars a share. So uh, that's half of the number that we're seeing. Uh, you know, fifty percent margin of safety. Yeah. Um, 
And so I, I feel comfortable with that number. Uh, but the current share price is around $25 to $26 a share, right? So it's it's a little bit expensive. Uh, yeah. You know, and again, we were using very conservative numbers, yep. right? I think the cash flow number is probably closer to 290 uh, but I'm still sticking with my 270 so, number just to be yeah. cautious. Um, also, we're using 157 million shares outstanding, which um, if that share buyback were to be exhausted, yeah. I think it would the number would be closer to 153 million. So they didn't put a timeline for when they would buy back all their shares. So let's continue to use that 157 yeah. number. Uh, yeah, this is again. If you guys don't know what Harry is going through, he's going through this kind of cash flow um, analysis. And if you don't know what that is, please do check out our podcast on this kind of cash flow. We talk about what it is and we take you through the formula itself. And so that's what Hari's doing here, laying out all the assumptions. But I think the important thing to remember here is that this kind of cash flow is not exact science. Yeah. And so like Hari's talked about, it's a range. It's all these estimates. And so you can really fudge the numbers however you want to by changing the assumptions, by changing numbers here, changing numbers there. So important. To, and what's important to understand here is that that $20 threshold that you saw, you talked about with 50% uh, um, margin of safety, that's... You know that's a conservative estimate, but also it's not an exact science. Yeah. So it's important for you guys to remember that uh, when you when you do this yourself. Yeah. So I mean, and I think the importance of the margin of safety here is if you are wrong in some of your estimates. Let's say that they only grow at seven percent a year instead of twelve. Well, then your margin of safety maybe, um, you know, covers for a little bit of that, yeah. right? Um, and that's why also we use the conservative numbers in if the, we use the, the 290 number and we used a 16% or 15% growth rate because they've yeah. been growing at 17% a year, you can easily make these numbers say whatever you want them yeah. to say, right? It's on you to make the, have the self-discipline to say that this is, you know, a, a strict kind of yeah. uh, what number I'm going to use. Yeah. And so if you do that, then I think you can, you know, the margin of safety will protect you yeah. um, even more. Yeah. I think I want to ask you this one question. Um, yeah, it's interesting because obviously the, the trading price right now, you said 25, 26, whatever it is, yeah. you know, it's still below the intrinsic price. Right. You know, why, why is that? Like, why is it? It's hard to explain why, but if you could speculate perhaps why, why is it trading below that price? Um, so I think there's a couple of things that are going on. There's a lot of uncertainty about China right mm -hmm. now in the U.S. Um, how is that going to work? Yeah. Skechers has, you know, about 10% of their sales are in China. <clears throat> so it, it does affect, um, you know, that could have a big impact on the company. Yeah. I think the market, uh, if you looked at it last year, after they announced that they were going to lever up, um, operating margins were going to improve. Um, the, the stock price skyrocketed to $40 a share. And then it's now come back down to $25 a share because they haven't levered up because they were saying, we're going to continue to invest in growth. As an owner of a business, I would love to have them continue to invest in growth because that means future profits will be higher. Wall Street didn't seem to think that was a good idea. They wanted to see profits now, not profits later. So to me, that means that the management is focused on the long-term business, which means I want to be focused. I want to be, I'm, I'm more likely to agree with management in that scenario, right? Yep. So long story short, 
all I would say is um, I don't know exactly why it's, it's yeah. depressed. You know, the thing is, is that Mr. Market, which we haven't, you know, which we've talked a little bit about, gives you these opportunities. Sometimes, you know, he quotes a price. The price may be uh, a screaming bargain. It may be way overpriced. So what we are trying to do is buy when it's below that margin of safety price and sell when it's at, you know, or near or at the intrinsic value price. Yep. Um, and I would say that, you know, it, Skechers traded in the last three years between that those two numbers, right? It, in, it Below the margin of safety price and at their intrinsic value price yep. or a little bit higher depending on, you know, how conservative we are with the numbers. So yep. uh, to me, that's a, that's very typical of almost every stock. They will, they will, uh, some will, will be well above their, intrinsic value price for a long period of time you look at netflix or amazon but many many stocks will trade you know in this range yeah. right below and above yep. so you're in, in in good company when you look at it but what you're looking for is maybe you like this company maybe you understand their business but the price isn't right so now they go on your watch list and and then when it the price drops because of whatever reason um you can now look at it and say, yeah, this is a good, still a good bargain or no. And you know, you pass. Yeah. So. Yep. So that is the valuation part of the checklist. We talked about the financials. We talked about the management and we talked about the valuation in this episode. Again, I want to, I want to reiterate the disclaimer we talked about in the first episode, uh, in the previous episode 35, that, um, this is an exercise that we go through at the end of this exercise. We don't want to give you an impression that Skechers is a good company or a bad company that you need to go and buy or sell. What you were trying to do is we're trying to go through this exercise with you so that you can do it yourself and come to a conclusion on your own. So don't take it as a, Oh, I need to go buy Skechers now, or I need to go sell Skechers now. Um, so please keep that in mind. Um, this is for entertainment and education purposes only. Okay, uh, so that ra wraps up our checklist uh, going through the analysis of Skechers. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we close out, Hari? Um, you know, no. So I think we're, we're going to continue to do one company a week, and, you know, we would love uh, feedback from you guys. We've started getting some, some good comments, and um, so any, uh, any feedback is appreciated, good or bad, yep. um, and, you know, we would love to hear from you. So... Uh, find us on, uh, your, you can email us at info at yep. valueinvestor.org um, and Twitter, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, and yep. uh, just uh, hit us up. Yep. Look for Value Investor TV um, on Twitter or Instagram. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining. Um, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.